Dave here with Mindset Ups and Downs, continuing the read of the Obesity Code, Chapter 17. The mid-1990s, as popular sentiment began to turn against the... Sorry, scratch that, y'all. Continuing the read of the Obesity Code... Carbohydrates are just long chains of sugars. There is nothing intrinsically nutritious about them. Low-carbohydrate diets that focus on removing refined grains and sugars should be inherently healthier, perhaps unbalanced, but not unhealthy. Another criticism leveled at the low-carb diets is that much of the initial weight loss that dieters experience is water which is true. High carbohydrate intake increases insulin, and insulin stimulates the kidney to reabsorb water. Lowering insulin, therefore, causes excretion of the excess water. But why is this bad? Who wants swollen ankles? By the late 1990s, as the new low-carbohydrate approach fused with the prevailing low-fat religion, the Atkins diet, V2.0 was born, a low-carb, low-fat, and high-protein approach. Where the original Atkins diet was high in fat, this new bastard diet was high in protein. Most high-protein foods also tend to be high in fat. But the new approach called for lots of boneless, skinless chicken breasts and egg whites. Once you tired of that... There were protein bars and shakes. A high-protein diet made many worry about potential kidney damage. High-protein diets are not recommended for those with chronic kidney disease since the ability to deal with the breakdown products of protein is impaired. However, in people with normal kidney function, there is no concerns. Several recent studies have concluded that a high-protein diet was not associated with any noticeable harmful effects on kidney function. The concern, the concerns about kidney damage were overblown. The highest problem was high-protein diets. With high-protein diets was they didn't really work for weight loss, but why not? The reasoning seemed solid. Insulin levels cause weight gain, reducing refined carbohydrates, lowers blood sugar and insulin, but all foods cause insulin secretion. The Atkins V2.0 approach assumed that dietary proteins do not raise insulin since they do not raise blood sugar. This notion was incorrect. The insulin response to specific foods such can be measured and ranked. The glycemic index measures the rise in blood sugar in response to a standard portion of food. The insulin index index created by Susan Holt in 1992, excuse me, in 1997 measures the rise in insulin in response to a standard portion of food, and it turns out to be quite different from the glycemic index. That will conclude today's read of the obesity code. We will continue back here tomorrow with some more reading. 
Today was a pretty good day. I uh, went to the park and I ran. Also went to the gym and did a pull-ups and that's pretty much it. Just pull-ups today. Um, also went to work, but it was only a short day at work. So it was a pretty good day. Um, getting ready to wrap it in for the night so I can get up early to go to the park, run a couple miles and hit the gym afterwards and then hit work afterwards. Remember, if you do something positive every day, whether it be drinking more water, cutting out soda, or maybe just cutting down on your sugar intake, you will have a positive outcome, a positive mindset. For myself, for example, when I work out, I have a tendency to be stricter on my eating, not strict, more so not likely to eat an ice cream sandwich if it's sitting in front of me. Instead, I'll go for like a piece of steak or something. So anyway, Dave out here. We'll talk tomorrow. Bye.